I'll say good morning again for the second time. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. <laughs> you know, with the theme of that song, it's incredible, incomprehensible to understand how much the Lord loves us. And even this morning, I was thinking about that where, you know, as ministers and as teachers, sometimes we'll prepare a topic for weeks on end. And there are times where the Lord says, this is my message, not that. And this morning, I had a completely different thought on my mind, and the Lord directed me to a scripture, which I want to share with you today. And we're going to go back to the Old Testament story to kind of set the groundwork. And to tell you a little bit about that, uh, this is found in Joshua, the third chapter. And so at this stage in the game, Moses had died, and there's a changing of the guard. And if you remember, Moses, because of his sin, because of his pride, he was not allowed to be led into the promised land. So they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And this is one of those miracles, I think, in the scriptures that we forget about, where you know, Moses parted the Red Sea, but here we have the Lord parting the Jordan River in the exact same fashion. And it's fascinating because we don't necessarily talk about that all the time. And what's beautiful is the Lord's now called Joshua, and he's going to be the new leader. And he's going down to kind of rally the troops, to rally Israel, to say it's time to go into the promised land. Everything that the Lord has promised us, we're finally going to get there after 40 years. And imagine what he's thinking. You know, you've kind of been in the shadow of Moses your entire life that you can remember. You've had this incredible leader your entire life, and now you're the guy. And he goes down into Israel, and he tells them this thing. And in order for us to pass through, in order for us to obtain God's promises, it starts with a little bit of introspection. And it says, Joshua went down into the people in the fifth verse, says, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So if we want to see God's miracles, we need to have some active part in it. We can't be these passive observers of God's incredible power. Sometimes we are. But if we want the Lord working in our lives, we have to start this process of walking towards him. And sometimes it's very painful, whether we're stuck in sin and there's something that holds us back from him. Sometimes we're stuck in our own pride and we say, Lord, I got this one on my own and we don't want to go there. But Joshua points out to his people that something incredible is about to happen. If you start to change your life, if you purify, if you sanctify your life, you're going to see it. And it's going to be incredible. So the story goes on that they get the Ark of the Covenant, and as the priests get to the water and they go to take their first step, the water parts. Think about this incredible miracle, because it's already happened on the Red Sea. They're, the Lord's doing it again. So the sea parts, and they pass in, all of them, Israel, on dry ground, into the Promised Land. 
And after this incredible miracle, this is what I, I wanted to focus in on today. All of Israel witnessed this. All of us have seen God work in our lives somehow and in some way. That's why we're here today in church, because we're hoping to see it again. Because, one, he has saved our soul. Two, he works in our lives every day. He's provided us jobs. He's healed people from cancer. He's healed people from sickness. He has healed broken families and restored relationships. We come to church to hear those stories. We go home and we read the word of God so that we would grow closer to him so that that would be an intricate part of our life. So we're going to flash forward to the fourth chapter, sixth verse. And Joshua instructs the priest at this point to do something. And he says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? So they built an altar at this point in remembrance of that incredible miracle that just happened. So when their kids ask, what's the point of this? It says, then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. So the miracle happened, and the Lord said, build something so that when people pass by forever, your kids, your grandchildren would say, what does that mean? What is the point of that? And the family of Israel, the children of God, could testify to God's power, his goodness, his deliverance in their lives. Think about that. And I think all of us need to have these. That when we see God work, we need to write it down. I was rehearsing this morning some of the miracles that God has performed in our lives. And sometimes we forget. I remember when um, our daughter Madison was in the womb and they were doing our ultrasounds and they found a cyst. They found a tumor in her brain. And as first-time parents, the anxiety... And the fear came over us. But we prayed, and Bethany was anointed. And the very next ultrasound, it was gone. That was a time, there was a memorial in our lives that we had, that we can look back on. And now as she's older, we can tell her about when Jesus Christ intervened on our behalf. Do we have those? Are you building it? And this is the scripture the Lord gave me this morning. Because sometimes I think that it's just about those times when God has intervened. And it's just about those miracles that I see, that I have seen, and we want to look back and say, look what God has done. And the Lord put it on my heart this morning that it goes a step further. 
in First Peter, the second chapter. This is going to be a little different because I think Micah has the King James Version. I wanted to read it in the English Standard. But I apologize for the hardcore enthusiast. But I think it makes it a little more real and a little more easier to understand. And it says, as you come to him, so as we start our spiritual walk with the Lord, it says, a living stone rejected by men, so that is Jesus Christ. But in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Think about that in the context of the story we just read. That not only we remember those memorials of God intervening in our lives, but you today are a memorial so that people might see Jesus. Let that weight sink in on you this morning. You might be the only testimony of Jesus Christ to other people through the way you live your life, through the way that you act, through the way that you behave, that might be the only testimony of Jesus Christ to somebody else. Quick testimony, I was at work a couple of weeks ago and I was at the hospital in the operating room. And I was getting ready to start a surgery and this one of the nurses came up to me with her phone and she goes, you need to take a picture of this and you need to read it. And she put it down in front of me, and it was a commentary on the Apostle Peter. Now, I've never preached a sermon in the operating room. I've never given that woman my testimony. I've never told her about Jesus Christ, but she knew that I was a believer in Jesus Christ. You see, we should be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ at all times. And every once in a while, we'll use words. So how do we get to this point where if we are living memorials of Christ Jesus to other people, how do we get there? And that's what I think we all struggle with, is it's easy for me to say, go be better Christians when you leave here today. Do a better job. Tell others about Christ. Easy, right? It's the application. It's us living it day in and day out that I struggle with. And maybe you guys struggle with too. So how do we get there? In the Book of Mormon, I think he, King Benjamin does this incredible address. And at the very end, he gives us kind of the Cliff Notes version of how to do it. In Mosiah, the fourth chapter, the 30th verse, it says, But this much I can tell you, that if you do not watch yourselves and your thoughts and your words and your deeds and observe the commandments of God and continue in the faith which you have heard concerning the coming of our Lord, even until the end of your lives, you must perish. And now, O oh man, remember and perish not. You see, so he goes through stepwise and he says very first, he goes, you need to watch yourself. So if you want to build a better spiritual life today, if you want to build a memorial of your life to Jesus Christ today, you first and foremost need to watch yourself. 
What does that mean to you today? That you need to look at yourself in the mirror every day. And Peter says, an acceptable sacrifice. Am I acceptable to the Lord today? And on my own, that answer is always no. Without Jesus Christ in my life, without Jesus Christ in your life, we will never be acceptable unto the Lord. Because it is, it is his blood that changes us. It is his blood that creates a new creature. It is his blood, it is his grace that other people see in us. So if we're going to be a living memorial, it is not us that they are looking at. They're, they are seeing the Spirit of God in you. So if you're thinking you're doing it all by yourself, or that you have to change yourself to be there, you need to let the Lord change you. And we need to, every day, take a look at ourselves. What can I do a little better? How could I change to be close to the Lord? Should I pray more? Should I spend more time with the Lord? Is there something in my life that needs to change? Do I have old habits that need to be broken? What is it? Because what you struggle with is different than what I struggle with, I can imagine. And sometimes we share the same struggles. But unless you actively think about it, you will never change. Unless you put energy into your spiritual life, you're going to be living Groundhog's Day tomorrow. It'll be the same thing over and over again. So every day, we need to watch ourselves. Next, you need to watch your thoughts. We need to purify our thoughts. We need to think about the things of God. If you never think about Jesus Christ, if you think about rubbish all day long, you will get rubbish at the end of the day. I hate to break it to you. When you think about spiritual things, when you think about going to church, you will not forget that we had a Wednesday night meeting this week. If you think about these things, you'll be focused on the Lord. If you think about reading the scriptures, you will read the scriptures at the end of the day. So you have to be active in this walk with Christ. If you want to build a monument, a memorial for him, we need to think about him more. It shouldn't be when your, hit, your head hits the pillow at the end of the day that now's my time for Jesus. Now's my time for the Lord. Lord, I was busy all day today. I'm sorry. You get the leftovers. That is not how we should function as saints of God, as Christians along in a walk with him. Watch our words. Somebody's always listening. Yeah, I think in our house, my son's a perfect example. Where he'll be in the corners playing on the iPad, and Bethany and I will have an entire conversation. He'll be able to repeat it back to us. And that guy who was in the corner we thought wasn't paying any attention to us at all was listening the entire time. The words that you use, if you have children, they will use the same words. 
when you interact with your friends, when you interact at work, the words that you use, they will be able to know. If you curse and swear and use everything else, but then you want to tell them about Jesus Christ, it's not going to work. You may not curse and swear, but you can be condescending and judgmental and irritable. Your testimony of Jesus Christ is going to fall on deaf ears at that point. So the, not only the words, but the way that we say them carries weight. Think about that. So if we're building this spiritual building, if we're building this beacon for Jesus Christ, all these little things we need to do on a daily basis. Watch our deeds. I've preached many a times on James, and I think it's the summary of how I should live my spiritual life in one book in the Bible. And James addresses faith versus works, as Paul talks about. And what James says is, show me your faith. I will show you my faith by my works. You see, the Lord doesn't want us to be converted and become Christians and go lock ourselves in the closet. That part of our spiritual walk, Christ says that when you do it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. You see, by serving others, we are in turn serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if we do nothing, we are not serving the Lord. So our faith becomes manifest by our actions as well. Now, you cannot work your way into heaven. So there's no magic number of actions that you can hit today. Let me clarify that point. That you can do all these things, but it is by God's grace that you are saved. It is by his blood that you are saved today. But our faith is made manifest by us in action. Our faith is made manifest by telling others about Jesus Christ. Our faith is made manifest by serving others. Without judgment. Without ridicule. That is our faith today. Observe the commandments and continue in the faith that you have heard. We need to be here to hear the word of God. You need to be in the word of God at home. If what we say on a Sunday morning is all you're getting from the Lord, I pray today that you would go home and open up his word. Let it speak to you. Let it change your life. Study the scriptures. Because the testimony in the word of God, it's alive. You will see it again in your life today. And at the very end, he makes the point that this journey never ends in this life. That every day, we wash, rinse, and repeat. That we need to stop and think about, introspect what we are doing spiritually, and think about our walk with Christ every day. Apostle Paul writes that I die daily, meaning that he resets the clock every day. Whatever you did yesterday, we're starting over today fresh. So whatever good deed you might have had, 
whatever, whatever words that you swallowed because you knew it might have been hurtful to someone else, guess what? You've got to do it again today. So we have a chance to stumble and fall as well. So it is my prayer that as you build your spiritual life, that you might die daily as the Apostle Paul writes. It is my prayer today that you and I might be memorials, living memorials of Christ Jesus. That our friends, our family, and others might know who Jesus Christ is through us. May God bless you today. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here, and I enjoyed what our brother had to say this morning. Um, it's nice to be somewhere where I'm not opening the service every Sunday. So I'm very grateful to hear uh, AJ, and I haven't heard him in a while. And um, I was involved a little bit in his training, and now he's released from his training. And so I offered him the presiding elder's job in San Benito. <laughs> Just so you'll know, I don't want to leave anything. <clears throat> Confusion is where I stand on the subject. Um, I love this, the story uh, that was expressed, and I've spoken about it many times and probably here, and so you may be hearing me again on it, but uh, the story of Joshua leading the house of Israel across the Jordan uh, is a remarkably different story than the one of Moses leading the house of Israel through the Red Sea. When uh, when Moses was in charge of Israel and he led them up to the Red Sea, they bitterly complained and murmured and said they were going to die and all kinds of complaints and they just were so noisy against what it is he wanted to do. They could not shut up. Excuse the expression. But they couldn't be quiet. They just complained and complained and complained. And uh, uh, Moses put up with that and they eventually go through the Red Sea. You need to know that all of these children, except two, that crossed the Jordan weren't there at the time of crossing. There were some that were children at the time, but most of the people that crossed the Red Sea had passed away. So what was left was an entirely new generation. And yet, when Joshua says, prepare yourselves, for tomorrow, or no, actually says, in three days we cross Jordan. The people of the house of Israel, when Joshua says that, they went home and packed. They didn't stand around and complain. They got ready. All of them. The, the entire house of Israel got ready to cross Jordan. Now you need to know that the Jordan River at this time of year when this occurs is in full flood stage. So it's not only the river, but it was overflowing its entire banks on both sides. It was flowing wide. It was a, it was a big river, not a little river. And it wasn't a little bit of water in the river. It wasn't a creek or stream. It was a real river flowing rapidly down the place where they crossed. So it was a lot of water. And yet they didn't hesitate. And it says that they, uh, 
prepared the ark and the priests picked up the ark and they carried it to the river and the people had to stand back from the river some 2,000 cubits, which is a little over 3,000 feet. They had to stand back and watch. And the priests go up to the river and as soon as their feet touch the water, the river parts. This roaring river stops and piles up on one side and drains out the other. So you have a building pile of water on one side as the people face the river. And they cross into the, uh, the riverbed and in the middle of the river, they pick up these stones that our brother talked about. One from each tribe of Israel picked up one stone, one large stone as big as they could lift and big as they could carry right from the middle of the river, intentionally from the middle of the river. And they carried it to the spot where Joshua said for them to set it down, and he built unto them a marker, a, a stone marker that would be recognized for generations thereafter. It would always be there that the people of Israel when they saw it from generation to generation, they would ask what it means and they would be told the story of that is the very spot where Joshua led the house of Israel across the Jordan River and it parted and they went across dry shod. Those stones stood for the, uh, the strength and the power of God in that place. And it was a foundation for all that the house of Israel was about to become was built on that foundation of stone that was on the edge of the river and stood as a marker for all of the house of Israel for generation to generation to see and to understand and to know that God was there. God was with them. And God was in that spot and he stood there. And as... Uh, the story goes in, if you read, the, which I advise you and hope you've already done, but just read the entire Bible from end to end, you'll find lots of places where they set up markers, stone markers, ways in which they identified and they set aside and they marked a spot as a special place. When, when Jacob has his experience where he wrestles with the angel, he marks it with a stone marker so that he would always remember where it was that he wrestled with God. And as it turns out, the house of Israel returns to that place, the marker is still there, and that place becomes a very a holy place under the house of Israel and is a holy place under the house of Israel even to this day. And Jacob had wrestled with God in that space 4,000 years ago, not yesterday, not a few days ago, but 4,000 years ago, and it became a special and holy place. There are many occasions, both in the Bible and the Book of Mormon, where they're set up stones. They, they, they have marking stones. That, that is an important part of the message. There's something to remember when God was there. 
and I know that we have lots of occasions in our life that where we can remember where God blessed us or touched us or where God blessed one person or another. Um, I enjoyed the testimony this morning of our visitor uh, about God blessing her and asking for prayer for her son. And, uh, uh, and I want to offer that we're going to do that. We're going to pray for your son. Uh, I was, uh, when she was talking, I was reminded of a story, and off track, but I'll get back. I apologize, I'll get back. Because I want to tell the story. Uh, I was at, at home in San Benito, and I got a call from San Carlos. And there was a young Apache brother, there was an accident, a motorcycle accident. And in the accident, his motorcycle lost its grip, tipped over, and pushed him into a tree with a motorcycle right behind him, crushing him into the tree. Broke untold number of bones in his body, stripped the skin off of his body. He was in the hospital in agony. We went down to pray for him and got right away when I heard of the call. I went straight away. Got to the hospital. He had not slept or rested. He was just screaming in agony since the accident. And he was in so much pain, he just couldn't stand the pain. And, and our hearts went out to him. We were brokenhearted for somebody that was in so much pain. So we prayed for him. And it, just as soon as we started praying, he fell asleep. And usually, you don't want somebody to fall asleep while you're praying for him. It's kind of embarrassing, almost. But he fell asleep, sound asleep. We finished our prayer and kind of sneak, snuck out of the room and kind of, well, I don't know how to act with that. I've never had somebody fall asleep while I was praying for him before. But that, as it is, so we left. Went home, heard the next day that he had slept for 16 hours straight, woke up, did not know why, excuse me, he was in the hospital. Literally, though the doctors the day before said he'd be in the hospital for a year, he may never walk again. Uh, his life was, in effect, over. He would probably be crippled for the rest of his life. Well, the next morning, after 16 hours of sleep, he got up, got out of bed, checked himself out of the hospital, and went home. Uh, to add a little bit to the story, he was playing basketball by the end of the week which was important to him, but he was that well healed that he was playing basketball. That, that story to me is a marker. I tell it often, I think about it often, and it is important to me as a marker. It is like unto me a stone that reminds me always of how great <clears throat> me. the power of God can be 
and is. We have these markets. I, I want to tell you a different kind of uh, story of, of, of a stone in a way. This is a man-made stone. You may not know it, but when we built our church building, we knew that it was, we were building it on what they call caliche, which is very unstable clay. And uh, buildings built around there were just not holding up. Uh, they had built a, a gymnasium uh, near there in, in Tohatchee, and uh, the clay was so bad that they never actually opened and used the gymnasium because the building cracked and broke and <laughs> before they actually opened it. So it was that quick that the caliche was able to destroy a building. So when we built it, we dug down eight feet and 32 feet across, two feet wide, eight feet down, and we poured a beam made of concrete and steel, and we attached the glue lambs to this concrete beam that was underneath this, this man-made stone underneath each of the beams in our building. Our building is now 1984, 35 years old, hasn't moved an inch. Doesn't move at all. It is as stable a building as you can find. You're going to find very many buildings. They built a brand new chapter house out in um, Red Lake where we started. Brand new, beautiful building. Well, it's since been abandoned. And many of the buildings, many of the buildings that they built since then have all been abandoned because the caliche has destroyed them. Well, this man-made stone that we built this, our building on has made a stable building. And that building to this day stands as a firm, fixed marker that people know about. As a, as a part of that story about that building, I once a week go out and deliver food to different people. And one of the places I deliver to is a senior center. And these seniors come to the center and they're waiting for me when I come. And uh, when I went in a couple weeks ago, I went into the building, uh, a lady came up to me and said, where are you from? And the lady that works there said, oh, they're from the church across the street from Rimrock. Not the new one, the one that has always been there. Now, she is some 40 miles from the church, and she knows exactly where it was. And her description of it is the church that has always been there. Now, we haven't quite always, always been there yet, but we've been there a long time. And to be identified by somebody so far away in that manner was an enormous blessing. And it's just, uh, it is a, a story of a standing stone that makes it possible for that to be true when all so many other places have been torn down and destroyed because they wouldn't stand the time. Now, all of that said, I want to come back to the 
the story of the house of Israel. Because all of that leads up, leads up to the house of Israel crossing into Jordan. And they were ready. Literally when Joshua said, in three days we crossed Jordan, they went and packed. They were ready right then. And they responded. They responded in every way they could possibly respond. They were packed. They were ready. They crossed the Jordan. Literally hundreds of thousands of people marching across that uh, Jordan River. They were fully ready to respond, to answer the call, answer the commandment of, of Joshua that they would prepare themselves for the promised land. Now, I believe that we need to be as ready to respond in the same manner. We need to answer the call. And when Joshua says, prepare yourself, I hope we each and every one can prepare ourselves. Pack up our things in the spiritual sense and do what the Lord asks us to do. Follow the commandment that God gives us to be the, the representatives, to be those reminding stones that there are a people that remind this world of the many powerful blessings that God has brought upon this earth, that we would be those standing stones for God today. And I pray that we are. God bless you.